Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to the council. Uh, I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and it's been a couple weeks since we've been together. Uh, there's been so much that's been going on, and I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, spent a lot of time with your family and friends, and uh, had a, a time of thanks and gratitude. Um, we certainly need to have more of that in our lives. I just want to do a quick shout out to Remax Alliance. Remax Alliance is the sponsor of the show. They are the best in the state of Colorado. If you want to buy or sell a home in Colorado, go to Remax Alliance at www.homesincolorado.com. That's homesincolorado.com. And uh, I know them personally. They're amazing people. And if you really want to buy or sell a home, and uh, you, these are the guys you got to go to. Uh, in, they have integrity. They have a place where you can come and I'll tell you they're the guys to, that you want to be with so um, go to homesincolorado.com uh, and they will help you to buy or sell a home today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the heart about knowing your heart uh, we've got some guests coming up in the next month that I'm very excited to have we're gonna have Dr. Tick back on the show to talk about uh, his journey, a reconciliation journey to Vietnam, where he took some Vietnam veterans and their families out to Vietnam to be able to heal some of those uh, wounds that uh, are carried forward for decades that are not healed and the amazing uh, transformations that happened out there and to talk about uh, the efforts that are being uh, made for research and other things to talk about, uh, you know, the, in Vietnam there is no PTSD. They have none because of the way their society is structured and the community and, the, and uh, just the way they were able to bring their warriors back. And so it is almost non-existent. So we're going to have him on the show to talk about some of those things and to bring some new perspective that many of you have probably don't know about. So um, anyway, I also want to make a quick shout out to all of my yoga family out there, my new yoga family. Uh, I just finally got uh, certified to be a yoga teacher. I still got to take the test, but I uh, went through the whole process. And uh, I'll tell you, I've been through some uh, retreats and pilgrimages and other things. This was one of the most gratifying, satisfying experiences I've ever had. Some of the most amazing people, uh, truly, with, some, with heart, with sensitivity, compassion, groundedness. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful group of people, um, and I just uh, want to do a quick shout-out to all of them, and, and uh, congratulations to all of you, and it was just an incredible, incredible experience, and they are going to be amazing yoga teachers, so, um, and hopefully we're going to have uh, the head of the Colorado School of Yoga on the show as well very soon here, and uh, yeah, so um, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, today we're going to talk about the heart. Um, the heart is a big thing. Uh, we uh, we don't pay attention enough attention to it sometimes. And as the holidays come up and people return in our lives, or uh, we're coming back to meet with families and friends that uh, you know maybe we have some bitter feelings towards, uh, or maybe not. Maybe we're having some longings and nostalgia connected to it. But it can bring up a lot of feelings at the, at the holidays. And so it's time to, you know, I wanted to focus on this, on this uh, in this council uh, about the heart and how it is our mission control. You know, the heart is that it's got enormous authority. And what I'm going to share with you today is pretty incredible. But the problem is, is when we harbor all these kind of negative fragments, the the blame, the anger, the resentment that we may feel towards people, that is, uh, our unconscious wants to keep hold of those negative fragments. Uh, you know, remembering what they did and holding grudges and, and uh, keeping people prisoners in our hearts. And that takes a lot, of, a lot to keep people prisoners in our hearts for things that happened in the past. And these negative fragments in your heart, they, they keep it heavy and they keep it weighed down. And it keeps you in this, like, lower state of consciousness. It doesn't allow you to really, you know, embrace them for who they are. And it keeps you wounded. It actually keeps you wounded. And it keeps you functioning at a level that allows you to wound other people. To make choices that a, a healed heart could not make and would not make. So it's really... You know, when you're when you start spitting out uh, 
hateful things or spiteful things about people that comes up you know even you know especially with the political landscape in our in our society today it's so easy to you know uh, get into these very angry hateful conversations just better check yourself because that's that's that part of you that's um that's not really being very compassionate and loving and accepting that other people have different points of view and we got to find a way to bring everybody to the table together instead of just isolating and putting people you know <laughs> you're in one corner and i'm in the other corner and it's my way or the highway kind of a thing so and it is important to understand that you don't make you don't uh mend broken hearts and i know this is hard to understand you don't mend it you just you you work your way through it because it takes a lot of effort to break a heart and once your heart's broken open you've got to say you know let me let me keep it broken open so that i can fill it up with more people people strangers that i would never know understandings that i would never know people give me it allows you to have more compassion and understanding for for people in different in different places of the world and and in our communities and so you know filled up this tiny heart of mine with so that i can grow and understand so that my heart can get large enough to embrace not only my where i live but uh, people who live all around the world you know and it's uh it's <clears throat> it takes a lot to uh, to keep a, a heart debt, you know. From keeping somebody, you know, in our society, we we have a um, uh, we reward suffering, you know. We have this martyr inside of us, you know. We've got to reward that suffering. Oh, look how much I've suffered for you. I've suffered so much. Don't you see what I've done for you? Look how much I've suffered. And there's an enormous. Uh, Part that we play that it costs us a lot to show that because we're we have an agenda we want them to do something you know we want them to see how much we've suffered for them but that carries a lot of debt we carry that debt with us uh, it can be used against you and so you want to kind of look back and say is this really what how's this how's this what is this costing me maintaining this grievance maintaining this this uh, 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 grudge against somebody for something that happened in the past. Uh, how long do I want to hold on to that? How long do I want to keep this person prisoner in my heart for something that happened? And uh, maybe it was a mistake, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was done out of pain. But really, this is about setting you free, setting your heart free from these things. You can keep a prisoner. You can keep people prisoner in your heart for decades. Do you want to? Do you want to pay that debt? Because you're the one whose whose life is being affected by it. So it's learning that, you know, you want to remove these prisoners from your heart. You want to say, all right, get out of here. You've taken too much space. It's time for me to, to remove that so that you can open up to um, other things in life that are wanting to come in but can't come in because your heart is closed. You'll never, you will never heal anything by blame. You just won't, by blaming the people that you keep in your dungeon. So long as you're blaming, they're never going to heal. You just won't. You're never going to heal. And you've got to be able to get your thoughts and memories and emotions that are anchoring you to these heavy experiences, and you've got to start unplugging. You've got to start unplugging. You know, we have all this idea, and, and sometimes it's unconscious, and sometimes it's uh, conscious that you owe me. You owe me. You, I did this. You owe me money. You owe me apologies. You owe me these things. And, uh, you know, these, these narratives that we create in our mind really keep us trapped in what's, you know, a lot of, uh, we're the ones who suffer for it. We're the ones that do it. So in, by just unplugging from that, we might be able to become more of a, a channel for the grace that is within us, to be able to move through it, to have more compassion and understanding for ourselves, and to set yourself free. You know, that doesn't mean you have to go back to anybody who's, hurt you in the past it's just about recognizing that this is your life and you've got a choice on how you want to live it and uh, you want to be able to recognize that you know where's my heart where is my heart is my heart in pieces is my heart in suffering right now is my heart uh, needing some time to where I just have to take some time from to myself then you got to do that you got to do that. You got to pause. You got to take a break. You got to withdraw from life. You got to withdraw from some of the people. You got to immerse yourself in you and reboot and mend. Um, but the key is that you don't let the darkness into your heart. 
Don't let the darkness into your heart. And that's the vengeance, that's the retaliation, that's the blame, that's all the things that you want to attack. Any of that, that's when you're bringing the darkness into your heart. And you got to check yourselves on that. And that's really, you know, in, in, in times of the holidays, we find that we, it's so, we get so upset about the people around us sometimes. And it's really about well, who do you want to be? Do you want to be that? Do you want to be the aggressor? Do you want to be the thing that you're railing against? Or do you want to be something, someone different? Someone who holds, who's not on the battlefield anymore. You see, the heart is something that's important to all of us. <clears throat> it's the seat of our souls. It's the seat of our conscience. It's the seat of all of our dreams and our hopes and aspirations for life. It's the seat of our most cherished emotions and feelings and our connection to the world. The information that I'm going to share with you in a few moments is really amazing. It's the science of the heart. And it's going to open your mind to these what, unimaginable possibilities. Uh, we could never thought of possible because we didn't understand the power and magnitude the heart has on the quality of our lives. Now the people over at HeartMath, uh, led by Howard Martin, are discovering things about the heart that are absolutely mind-boggling. And I've included this today because I want, to, I want you to have it. And it's a video that I have that I show my clients as well that I, when I work with them. Um, and it's such important information to get out. And these these little bits of information that I'm going to share could be the key ingredients to open your mind to these new possibilities and new ways of experiencing your life. So how do you go about activating your own heart's intelligence? Your heart actually has intelligence. And we're going to learn this as I go on. But let's look at what some of the qualities of the heart are. What are some of the qualities that we connect or associate with the heart? Well, first, it's the core of our essential and authentic self. We reach for our heart whenever we're really trying to communicate. We reach it like right here. We hold under our heart with someone, and we, we want to reach them on a really deep and authentic and meaningful level. It's a source of our most revered emotions. Love, compassion, care, appreciation, gratitude, joy, and peace. All this resides in the area of the heart. And when we're, in our, when we're in touch with our hearts, when we're really in touch with our hearts, we have a greater discernment of the world around us. We have an intuitive clarity that enables us to live in the world without being of this world. We all have an intuitive ability. It's, this is not somebody, no one's got a special intuitive nature. They just have refined it. Everyone has it. And when you're in touch with your heart, it becomes a lot clearer every time that you get those intuitive hits. We have a deeper connection, not only with ourselves, but with all the people who cross our path and with all of life. When we act from our hearts, we have this incredible ability to overcome all the obstacles in our way. It gives us the courage to see the obstacles and not to be daunted by the challenges that they present. And combined with this desire and determination, this courage, we are able to overcome those barriers. In my mind, this is the birthplace uh, of the hero, right here. This is the hero in all of us, right in your heart. And you just located right here, you'll find it. You see, life is about continuous growth. It's about service to others. And this is so critical for you to get. It's the master. It's the master key to making your life work. You see, we as a society have reached a pretty critical juncture in our evolution. You can, you can see it all over. You can feel it. I mean, we're on the precipice of some, something big is going to happen, changing the, the, polar, the polarization and uh, all these things that are happening in our country. It just seems that we're at this a very critical juncture. And there's a lot of fear connected to that. And Howard Martin states in the video that, quote, humanity has reached a critical juncture. We are on the threshold of a new stage of social, spiritual, and cultural evolution, end quote. So what does that mean for us? I mean, that's what I want to ask. What does that really mean? 
Well, if you look at it, all of the old ways of doing things, whether it's our political systems, economic systems, social systems, they're just not working anymore. The models themselves are not producing the desired effects their implementation had intended. The economic disparity between the very rich and everyone else is far too wide. And only the few have access to really living abundantly. The political system is driving us away from each other and keeping us divided. And is being held at the mercy of the corporations, the banks, and all the special interests. Our, our education system is not educating our children to be free, independent thinkers and creators, and is disingenuousing them. These are just a few examples of what's happening in our society. However, what is so exciting is that there are so many people on the grassroots who are developing new ideas that are percolating up from the groundswell of motivated people seeking solutions to the problems we have. And ironically, science and spirituality are merging together, verifying the foundational principles of universal spiritual truths with actual physical evidence. Just take a look at quantum physics. And as more and more people become aware of these astonishing discoveries, eventually we will reach a critical mass where there's going to be a huge shift in consciousness on a global level. We are moving towards a global consciousness, whether people want to accept it or not. That's where we're headed to. And, you know, we may not see it in our, our, our lifetime, and our children may not see it, but eventually that's where we're going to be heading towards. Uh, and it's something that people from all walks of life, once they recognize that, will demand changes to be implemented that co coincide with this new awareness. And as a consequence, a better, happier, more harmonious, and peaceful world will be established. Now that's the threshold we stand on. But let's go back to the heart and the work of Howard Martin and the scientists and research, researchers at HeartMath. Your heart is this source of wisdom and intelligence. It's very subtle and it works at very high speed. And it's a place you go to when you need some self-security. That sacred place when you really need to find some answers. When all others have failed you, or life has brought disaster upon you, this is the part you sink into within yourself during the great crises of your lives. Your heart is your own best friend. You're going to carry your heart with you every day and every moment of your life. It's your best friend. And uh, it's your own personal guide who guides you towards making the big decision, decisions in your life, regardless of whether they are big or small. And when you access the wisdom and intelligence within your heart, you're gifted with a greater d discrimination of things and acquire a new ability to see yourself, people, places, things, and events that occur in your world. Now, the scientific research is now verifying and validating everything we've always known about the heart. The heart is so much more than a blood pump. It actually sends communication out to other parts of the body. It's a powerful communicator. The heart sends out commands all the way, all the time, out to the brain and body, and it does it in four different ways. The first way is through neurological communication. There are so many nerves which surround the heart. Through these neurological connections, the heart sends out messages all the way to the brain, and the brain sends messages back to the heart. And what is evident is, is there is actually this communication going on between the heart and the brain. And what's really interesting is when researchers map out this neurological communication going on between the brain and the heart, what they discovered is there is more information being sent from the heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. The heart actually sends out more information than it gets. Another way in which the heart commu is, communicates is through the blood pressure wave. 
And the blood pressure wave is that pulse you feel when you place your fingers on your wrists and, or place on any part of the body where you can feel, feel a pulse. What you are feeling is this wave of energy created by the heart while it is squeezing blood through the arteries, veins, and capillaries throughout the body. Now this wave, this blood pressure wave of energy is traveling through the entire body and is influencing every part of you, including your brain function. Now your heart also communicates with the body through the release of hormones. Back in 1983, the heart got reclassified as being a part of the hormonal system because what they discovered was that the heart was producing some very important hormones to regulate bodily functions and states. For example, the heart produces a hormone called atrial peptide. One of this hormone's primary functions is to reduce the release of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. The heart is actually sending out a hormone to reduce stress and back off a stress hormone. Does this sound like just an ordinary blood pump to you? <laughs> Lastly, it communicates through an electromagnetic field recognized by the people at HeartMath as the electrical heart. Howard, Math, uh, excuse me, Howard Martin states, the heart radiates an electromagnetic field that energetically affects each other's moods, attitudes, and feelings, end quote. So what he's saying is that your heart, among all these other functions which I've just described for you, is also an electrical organ. The heart, by far, produces the strongest source of bioelectrical energy in the entire body. It is up to 40 to 60 times stronger than the second most powerful source, which is your brain. This electrical energy that is being produced by the heart permeates through every part of your body, through every cell. And because it is so strong, it actually radiates outside of the skin and out into the world. And this field is all around you. It envelops you like you are encapsulated in a sphere. And this radiation, this electrical magnetic field, stretches out beyond you and can be measured three to four feet outside of your body. What's really fascinating is that this electromagnetic energy will change depending upon what your emotional state is. <laughs> this is amazing. And this is science. Uh, before we go on with the, with the, with the show, and, uh, I just want to make a brief announcement. Uh, we are broadcasting the council here in Denver, Colorado on KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. Uh, we are broadcasting the best shows here in Colorado and broadcasting all across the nation and all around the world. Uh, the council is being listened to and watched from people uh, on every continent. And I really am very grateful to each and every one of you for listening. Without you, uh, this show would not be possible. And uh, I'm really very grateful to each and every one of you. But we are watching on KUHSDenver.com. Watch all these. They have amazing shows, people, music, uh, and this is the place to be, the place to listen to and to, uh, to, to see what amazing people are broadcasting here on, in Denver. Okay, back to heart. So, for example, if you are feeling a lot of strong negative emotions like anger, guilt, shame, fear, hatred, or resentment, what it ends up producing is this incoherent spectra in the electromagnetic field. Now on the flip side, if you are experiencing a lot of the positive emotions that we typically associate with the heart, like love, compassion, appreciation, gratitude, hope, kindness, what ends up happening is, is it produces this beautiful coherent spectra in the electromagnetic field. Now, what does this information tell you? That you are broadcasting this electromagnetic energy not only to every cell in your body, but you are broadcasting it outside of yourself and into the world around you. 
you are actually communicating what you are feeling and what your emotions are to every single person outside of you, whether you vocalize it or not. And they pick up on these emotions and feelings once you cross over into their electromagnetic field and vice versa. We pick up on everything. You read people, you can read people when they come into the room. If somebody is coming in and they've got a bad vibe and they got low energy, you can just feel it. It's like, it just sucks the energy out. And you know it. That's, that's what we're talking about here. And now we're also moving into the realm of physics. See, if my field crosses your field, my field is going to be affected by your field, and your field is going to be affected by my field. Because our individual fields stretch out beyond our bodies anywhere from three to four feet. And the moment you or I get within that space, our fields will cross and interact with each other. We will be non-verbally and energetically influenced by the electromagnetic energy emanating from our hearts. Now, multiply this with a room full of people. Take the next step and multiply with the number of people in an auditorium, a city, a whole nation. When you really think about this, this new information that you have of the heart, I mean, this is all coming from the heart. The next logical step is to examine how does the collective field relate? And the implications of what this scientifically verified knowledge could potentially have could be profound. It would impact significantly the ways in which we interact with each other because we would have a greater understanding of the collective influence the heart's electromagnetic energy has on the society as a whole. Just think back to 9-11. When if you remember back in 9-11, you could feel like the entire, the grief, the sadness, the mourning of the entire nation. That's what we're talking about, how we all feel it on a collective level on that when, when a tragedy happens. And so if we understand that, maybe we can make different changes by understanding how we can elevate our hearts to a different consciousness level. First, though, the folks at HeartMath had to figure out a way to measure this. And their solution to this was to measure heart rhythms. And this is different than your heart rate. Your heart rhythm is the timing between heartbeats. This timing changes between every single heartbeat. And as they started mapping this out, what they discovered was some very complex patterns began to emerge. And what these patterns show is a lot of what is going on in a person's body, their overall physical health and about the quality of communication going on between the brain and the heart. For example, if you're feeling frustrated, you have this feeling of frustration, what they can measure is your heart rhythm patterns. And what they notice when they map out your heart rhythm patterns is it becomes very jagged and irregular. And you can see this graph on this video that I have. And whenever this pattern shows up in your life, it's not very good for your health. And the heart actually sends signals to your brain to shut down your higher perceptual centers, which is called cortical inhibition. And as a consequence, you do not have access to those areas in your brain, which allows you to solve your problems and, th and to think things through clearly. Just think about it, how many of you who are listening and tuning in right now, when you're angry, make good decisions. Do you make your best decisions when you're angry? No. You make horrible decisions. Horrible. You make decisions when you are angry that most of the time you regret. And it caused, I've done it. You, you make your best decisions when you're calm, you're relaxed, you have clarity of mind, you think you're not in the battlefield. It's just obvious. It's logical. So on the opposite end, if you are experiencing feelings of appreciation, gratitude, and love, when they've mapped that out, it is a very smooth sinusoidal-like pattern. And that's indicative of high performance. 
There's a high quality of communication going on between the heart and the brain. And this is really good for your health. Really good for your health. You're not tense. You're not stressed. You're not hyper-anxious. And thus, the heart is able to function smoothly and effortlessly. When you're in this state of high performance, the heart is actually sending messages and signals to your brain to open up and activate these higher perceptual centers. And this is called cortical facilitation. When you have access to these higher perceptual centers, to your higher thinking capacity, you're able to solve your problems. You're not stuck in the mire of being in the problem and entangled in all the emotional turmoil associated with the trauma or with the drama. Remember, I've said this before, if there's ever drama in your life, there's deceit. There's always, always, always deceit. You might be the, I might be the deceiver. I might be the one who's being deceptive. Or it might be you, but it's always a part of it. And so this helps you to stand up above the problem. You can look at the situation from above the battlefield because you are no longer in the battlefield. You stand on higher ground and are able to look and assess the situation from a higher point of view, which gives you the clarity you need to find the right solutions to bring resolution to the problems and challenges you face. All of this relates to the changes in the heart. It's not just the brain you have to work on. You have to work on your thoughts, no, but no questioning about it. It's not, but it, you gotta work on changing the thoughts that you have. Uh, and you gotta intercept those negative thought patterns, you do. You also have to work on clearing up the emotions clogging up your hearts, and this is an inside job. This is not, you, this is not about anybody else doing it. This, you cannot no longer blame anybody else for the challenges you have in your life. You're not allowed to anymore. This is an inside job, and you gotta, you got to work on clearing up and, and, and unclogging those emotions in your heart, these toxic emotions that build up over time, that prevent you from experiencing life on an emotional and feeling level the way it was intended to be experienced. But you've got to do it. This is about you. Healing is, healing is, a, is a rough business, and, and you can't bypass the work. You've got to go through it. But there is a, a feeling on the other side when you come out of it that you know th th there's a lightness, but you've got to be able to recognize that you've got to undo it. Your, you've got to do it yourself. You're, you're responsible for it. You're responsible for the healing of your soul. And this information that was provided to us by these wonderful scientists and researchers from HeartMath, it just gives us a whole new context and meaning of the old adage change of heart changes everything when you fo what you change in your heart if you focus on something you love if you focus on gratitude if you focus on appreciation if you focus on kindness if you focus on forgiveness you can change the way your brain's your brain functions over time if you can change the way your brain functions you can rewire your brain you can not only change the effect on the brain, but as a happy consequence, you can change the world around you because your thoughts, feelings, and emotions will be in alignment with bringing out the greatest good in you and as a consequence in the greatest good in others. Every single one of you has this power within you. Every single one of you. And it is a choice choice whether you want to activate it in your lives or not. If you start today to cultivate this power within you and you break away from this addiction to the negative emotions, and they are addictive, they are, you get caught up in it and, and uh, the negative emotions can become just as corrosive to your well-being as, uh, as anything else, and over time, they will, they will, you will go off from your true north, whatever your true north was, and you hold on to those negative emotions, you will start to veer off to your true north, and over time, if you link and you, and you thread out the consequences of those choices, 
you will see how you have, have leaned too far in one direction or you have become a fragment of who you used to be. So it's really important that you des desire that I'm going to, I no longer want to carry these negative emotions inside of me. I got to do whatever it takes to heal and bring grace to my soul so that I can remove these negative emotions that are corroding my heart and bring my heart to a place that is healed and whole. And implant in your heart the desire to feel and experience love, appreciation, gratitude, joy, hope, faith, and make it a regular practice to check in on yourself, to see if you're setting your hearts free, or if you're keeping it chained by the toxic negative emotions corroding your authentic connection to your world. It is impossible to feel a positive emotion and a negative emotion at the same time. It is impossible. They cannot occupy the same space. One emotion is going to dominate. And you have the choice as to how you want to be in this world. And the one thing for which you have absolute and unquestioned authority over is your own thoughts. And you know it may seem crazy if your mind races and you're all over. You do. You can choose. You can intercept that. You can, you can make a difference in those moments. You do. And, and that's empowering. That's how you empower yourself to say, I can make a different choice. Your thoughts are very powerful. Therefore, choose your thoughts wisely. Decide. Decide, once and for all, to cultivate the emotions of the heart in your life and stay consistent. Eventually, with practice, with time, this will become your habit. And habits become your character. And remember, you want to change the world, you want to see the changes that you wish to see in the world, it's got to start in you first. It's got to start in you. Knowledge is power. And when we understand the influence and power our, our hearts have over our entire bio-ecosystem, we can then consciously take that information and with the right tools and surrounded by the right people, we can put this knowledge into practice and create a whole new experience for our lives. And as we become more and more aware of how much we are actually in control of how we react and respond in our given, given circumstances, tapping into the true nature of our hearts and the immense energy emanating from it, we can affect the fields around us and change our experiences. We can move from victim consciousness to empowered consciousness to self-esteem consciousness, to creator consciousness, learning that we have the power within us to affect the changes we wish to see in our own lives. Connecting to the intelligence of the heart is paramount for this transformation to occur. And this just reminded me of, uh, before I go on to uh, some of the, 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 the facts of the science here, there's a powerful movie called The Power of the Heart which I recommend all of you looking up and finding on YouTube or Netflix or wherever they have it located. But it is one of the most important films that I have ever watched. And I think it can really, the more people who see it, can really see how, uh, how the choice in, 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 in following what your heart's desire and, and the power contained within it can affect and change the world. There is a woman that's on that film who was, uh, I can't remember her name, but she was caught in the, uh, the crisis in Rwanda uh, with the Hutus and the Tutsis, where the 800,000 uh, people were massacred. And of course she was on the, on, on the people that were being massacred and, and a whole bunch of women uh, and her were locked in um, a bathroom for months. Uh, hiding. Uh, this uh, a priest had uh, held them, hid them in there while the massacre was happening. And a couple times they came and they knocked on the doors, and they were almost found out. And they were, they that's where the whole place where they lived for months in fear of death, and they didn't eat. And it was, uh, you know, just imagine being in those kinds of circumstances. And in that whole time, she felt all this hatred all this anger towards her enemies, 
and the people that were murdered, her family and her, and her parents and her brother, and, and had all this anger towards them and wanted to lash out, and she could feel it, this, this corrosiveness that was happening to her. And then it was all of a sudden she had this choice, and she looked at it. She could either fall into that category of the, uh, the people who were, who were doing these crimes, the hate, the violence, the murder, the abuse, the torture, the torment, or she could choose the, another path of the ways of, of, uh, of Gandhi, of uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, of Jesus, of Buddha, of others who had followed a different path and didn't, and, and to, to see that was the choice that she had. You can either go down and become one of the dark, or you can choose and lean to the light. And in the most extreme circumstances that she, I mean, her life was in danger every moment. And when she came out and she had an opportunity uh, to meet, they, were, they had um, jailed a lot of her, uh, of the people who had, had, had done these murders. And she wanted to see the person who murdered her mother and father. And she got in there and this person, she could see how, how much doing the, the evil that she, this person had done and the, the horrors that they had committed and she sat across from this person and a wave of forgiveness came over her and she actually forgave this for genuine authentic forgiveness of this person who had done such horrors uh, and it released her and she felt such such incredible grace and love and understanding was able to do something that was so hard and I, I it was one of the most powerful moments I'm not sure I would could have done that and I'm not sure I could have. Uh, well maybe I could now but after watching that but um, I encourage all of you to watch that film that shows you the power of the heart it's incredible All right, we are uh, watching, you're watching this show and listening to the show on KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. Uh, we are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado, uh, and broadcasting all across the nation, the best shows, the best music, uh, and all across the world. Um, and we've got the WTF show, which is fantastic. Uh, Dr. Love is uh, on the show on the, down here. He's <laughs> the love doctor. And uh, so anyway, this is a wonderful place. Great people. Uh, tune in to KUHSDenver.com for some of the most amazing shows and uh, bed progr best programs out there. All right. In the book, The Heart Math Solution, authors Doc Childe and Howard Martin explain how the electromagnetic fields radiating from the heart affect all the fields around us. And they also show us how to move into sensing and experiencing with the intuitive nature of the heart's brain rather than just operating from our cranium's brain of limited linear thinking. They say that, and this is in their book, heart intelligence is the intelligent flow of awareness and insight that we experience once the mind and the emotions are brought into balance and coherence through a self-initiated process. This form of intelligence is experienced as direct intuitive knowing that manifests in thoughts and emotions that are beneficial for ourselves and others." End quote. Here are some interesting facts and bits of information that heart math research shows about our hearts. Because the heart is the strongest bio, biological oscillator in the human system, the rest of the body's systems are pulled into entrainment with the heart rhythms. Now, how do you harmonize your heart rhythms? The quickest way is to focus on the core heart feelings such as care, love, and compassion. The heart has its own independent nervous system. It's called the brain of the heart. <laughs> Listen to this. There are at a minimum 
40,000 neurons, nerve cells in the heart alone. 40,000. These relay information back and forth to the brain and allows for a two-way communication between the brain and the heart. The heart, though, beats independently of its connection to the brain. Now, research by Joel and Beatrice Lacey at the Fells Research Institute in the 1970s discovered that when the brain sent signal, excuse me, that when the brain sent signals to the heart through the nervous system, our hearts didn't automatically obey. The heart's response depended on two factors, the nature of the task and the type of mental processing it required. However, what they also discovered was that the brain obeys all messages and instructions sent to it by the heart. Messages that could influence a person's thoughts, actions, and behaviors. The Fells Institute also discovered the heart is not just a mechanical throb, but a language, a system of intelligent language influencing our perceptions and reactions. Other research has found that the quality of the heart's rhythmic beating influences the higher brain centers governing emotional problems. When we're coming from a place of love, gratitude, and appreciation, instead of a place of anger, resentment, or blame, we open up these higher brain centers which help us to solve our problems. Now, research at the Institute of Heart Math have found that the heart rhythms become jagged and disordered when the person was experiencing negative emotions. Positive emotions, on the other hand, produce these smooth, harmonious heart rhythms, which enable the individual to have increased mental clarity, clearer intuition, and enhanced ability to perceive the world. It also improved and enhanced their ability to communicate with others. And when a person is able to sustain balanced and harmonious heart rhythms, they are then able to sustain a positive life perspective, experience an increase of intuitive flow, and easily access positive emotions whenever they need. Listen to this. The electromagnetic field of the heart is approximately 5,000 times greater in strength than the electromagnetic field produced by the brain. This electromagnetic field not only permeates every cell of our being, but is strong enough and powerful enough to radiate out into the field around us a radiation which can be measured by magnetometers. Wow. <laughs> the electromagnetic field of the heart is approximately 5,000 times greater in strength than the electromagnetic field produced by the brain. Just let that sit with you for a few minutes. Wow. What power are we not tapping into? What is the difference between head and heart intelligence? The head is open to linear, rational, logical solutions, while the heart is open to intuitive solutions. The idea is to get them to work together. We want to get the brain and the heart together. When our hearts and our head are in alignment, cooperating with one another, working together, we have more choices in life, and we gain a clearer vision of our dreams and how to fulfill them. Coherence between our head and heart grants us the freedom to operate and move more effectively through all fields and aspects of life, a fact that the Institute of Heart Math has tested repeatedly. So knowing your heart, understanding its intelligence, understanding and learning how to connect to this intelligence on a regular basis, 
could be one of the most important things that you do in your life that it can do for yourself this information alone can help you to see the world differently and perhaps when enough of this or when enough of us have this knowing and start to live from our hearts from a strong heart with a strong spine a strong sense of self that can, that can see when people are in darkness and being able to hold that space and bring them back to the light. When we're emanating from our essence, that core feelings of love, care, and compassion in all that we do, our world will change. Our world will change. Before I leave you today, uh, I want to give you a couple exercises that you can take with you today for those of you who have, uh, are wanting to activate your own heart's intelligence that you can start right now before the holidays begin. As the holiday seasons and the consumerism and getting all the gifts and the things and the stresses, how you can tap into that so you can really stay in that place in your heart. So how do you find this in your life? You begin by first learning how to appreciate yourself and others you want to think about someone you love it's easy you can do it right now think about someone picture them in your mind right now bing you'll see them you can see them right now and you reflect for a moment what it is that you appreciate about them what are the qualities that you appreciate their laughter their, their loyalty their commitment their their uh, passion for life what, makes, what about them makes you smile or laugh? Take some time. Listen back to this show. Take some time to write these thoughts down and reflect on them. And then the next step, the next step, and this is just as important, is to find out what it is that you appreciate about yourself. You want to come in in your life to be in a space where you are cherished. You as a human being, your soul, your heart, your mind, your body, you are cherished for being exactly as you are. You are enough. And you gotta understand, you gotta appreciate who you what the qualities and the characteristics, the sensitivities, the uh, accomplishments, the um, the passions that you have, the interests that you are, all the quality, all the uniqueness that makes you you. It takes so much courage to be you. And you can't be anybody for anybody else. You're in any kind of relationship that is impossible to control another human being. You cannot. You cannot control another human being. You can only control yourself. You've got to use that power that God gave you. And you got, that you were born into control yourself, to emanate, to manage how you move through life and your thoughts and your emotions and your, how you create in this universe and how you manage your body and how you interact with her. That's you have to make. It is not about controlling anybody else. If you are meant to be with someone, you are meant to be with them. But it is not about controlling anybody. Too many people feel like they have to control their environment in order to to uh, make a relationship work. I see this in my work all the time. And it does so much damage to the people that are involved. When you are a control freak, you are, you are so concerned about people breaking your laws. And they've got to fall into your laws. And I've given you an order. And I've given you a command. And if you, don't break, the, if you break those laws, you are breaking my order in the universe. And therefore, I've got to punish you. The hot next higher level of consciousness and understanding is that nobody can control anybody. Nobody has any right to do that. You have a, a responsibility to, to work and make sure that you are giving that person every opportunity to be the best version of themselves. And if you are meant to be in their life, you will be in their life. But you've got to learn to be able to appreciate you and what you have to offer. And that person want to be, wants to bring out and share with you and bring out the best version of you and you the best version of, of them. And that's, that's where you want. But you've got to get to a place where you are seeing the qualities that you possess and you are cherishing you yourself. And you write those down and you take a moment and you reflect on these things. And you reflect and you write them down. 
when you put these put this exercise in a folder or a binder and reference them whenever you need to. Lastly, another thing that you can do to tap into this heart's intelligence is to create for yourself a gratitude journal. I teach, when, I, when I'm teaching uh, my classes, I, re, I encourage everybody who goes to these classes to do this. Every day for the next month, you write down five things for which you are grateful for and three things for which you are grateful for not. And what do I mean by that? What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for the bed I sleep on. I'm grateful for this cup of coffee I have. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for the shoes that I have on my feet. I'm grateful for the food I have to eat. I'm grateful for my job. All right, you pick five that you're grateful for. And the next day, you're going to do five more, but don't be cheaters. You've got to pick five new ones. Don't, don't be a cheater. You've got to pay attention to the little details of your life. And then after you write five things that you're grateful for, you write three things that you're grateful for not. Well, what do I mean by that? I am grateful for no longer being in a dysfunctional or abusive relationship. I am grateful for not being uh, held at the mercy of someone who doesn't truly appreciate and value me. I am grateful for not being in a war zone. I am grateful for not being, having a terminal illness. I am grateful for not living in abject poverty. I am grateful for uh, not having cancer. You see where I'm going with this? Right? Three things that you're grateful for not. You do that every day. New ones. Every single day. Take inventory of all these things for that you take for granted. See, we take so much for granted. The little things in life are the things that are the most important that we take for granted. We think it's the big things. It's not. It's the little things. It's breathing. You don't even have to think about breathing. You just breathe. You breathe. And it's those little things that connect you to life, to what's really important, to the interconnectedness of life, and it connects you to your heart instantaneously. So start your day out like this. Connect it to your heart and begin to cultivate the emotions of the heart in your life on a daily basis. Try it. Try it. And especially at this time when we're... we're we're needing to connect to that sense of gratitude and joy when we set aside and we, we see the good in all of humanity. Let's try this exercise. It's, today's November 30th. Try it all the way through Christmas, all the way to New Year's. And I, I guarantee you, I promise, if you do this on a daily basis during this time of year, you'll find ways and your days will be so much happier and filled with the appreciation that is there for you to have. All right, folks. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, in the next few weeks, we've got some great shows lined up for you. Um, thank you for tuning in to the council. We've been uh, just so honored to be uh, able to broadcast this show. We've, uh, we've been doing broadcasting uh, for almost a year now, a, year, a little over a year. And uh, to be able to broadcast live here to you and all across the world here at KUHS Denver, uh, it's just a, it's been an honor. And I and I thank you and I thank KUHS for allowing me to be able to share with you some of the things that uh, I know and uh, to help you out in your lives and to give you some give you some wisdom, some counsel to help your lives be better, to give you hope, to give you a promise for a better future. We will be back next week. Uh, may you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. And may you all be whole. Council is adjourned. Thank you all for everything. God bless. Thank you, folks, from the International Camera. We will be back next week. Tune into the council. God bless. This tune, this particular tune is for all the lovers that, uh, it's for all the lovers that quarrel sometimes.
It's also for the lovers that quarrel all the time. 